if you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome. To Game of Roses, I'm Bachelor Clues. Pace Case is out. She's at a wedding this week. Hope she's having fun at that wedding. In her stead, we have... Dark Seeker. Welcome, Dark Seeker. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Today, of course, is Friday. That means this is going to be this week in Bachelor Nation. We got those kids. We got those parasocial plays. We got those screams from the pit. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pace Case and I just covered the first three episodes on our Patreon of the ultimatum Queer Love. I believe that's season four of that show. No, this is season two. It's season two of that show. My <laughs> apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been pretty interesting so far. We have the first three episodes up on our Patreon now. You can definitely check those out. Uh, watch them along with us. Very interesting stuff going on there. We're going to be covering a little bit about today in Twibbon, the Instagram follower numbers of those players as they stand basically when the season starts. I'm very curious to track, just like we did with Love is Blind, yeah. uh, their Instagram growth to see essentially how popular the show is. As we saw with Love is Blind, there were people who went from sub 10K to over 500K um, in the span of less than a month. I mean, just looking at some of the numbers just right now, it looks like where the Love is Blind, uh, the most recent cast, where they stood initially when you first yeah. uh, tracked their followings. I agree, but we're going to be covering that a little bit today. And uh, before we get into it, of course, we got to remind you that we have the Bad at Job mugs. Still available at GameOfRoses.co. Badge. Oh, badge, you're calling it? B-A-J? Yeah, badge. Badge. The badge mugs. (laughs) And our paperback of How to Win the Bachelor is now out. You can go to your local bookstore and pick it up if you wish. The pre-order is over. It came out on Tuesday. We hope you guys are all enjoying that. Now let's dive into this, Dark Seeker. Are you ready? I'm so ready. As am I. We're going to begin today's This Week in Bachelor Nation as we begin all of them with Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. We are in a very interesting moment within our beloved game and really within reality TV dating generally. We are in what I would call the calm before the storm. And with this storm is going to come a tidal wave Uh-oh. of content. Uh, we've been talking internally here at Game of Roses a lot about how we're going to be able to cover all of this because come September, we are going to be seeing Golden <laughs> Bachelor. We are going to be seeing Bachelor in Paradise Season 9. And we are going to be seeing uh, Love is Blind Season 5 all airing simultaneously. September yeah. is going to be a wild month in terms of coverage, but it also uh, brings into um, view, at least for me, the idea of what even is the off season now? Is there going to be one? Because as you see things like Netflix start to pick up with Love is Blind, Perfect Match, 
other streaming services are going to start doing this too. And eventually, I feel like we're going to get to a point where every streaming service has their bachelor, their love is blind, their big linchpin show, and it's all going to be airing constantly simultaneously. Well, that just means we're going to have to cover even more shows simultaneously. Yes, I agree. I mean, we will be covering all of this in one way or another. We haven't really figured out yet what's going to be on Patreon and what's not. But um, certainly, we're going to be talking about all of it because it is important. I also think as you start seeing things like uh, Tyler Cameron, you know, kind of flirting with the idea of maybe going on Love is Blind and shit. Not that that would ever happen, but sometime it is going to happen. Something like that will go down. I think more a perfect match, but... Uh, Yeah, I do think the possibly the first thing we could see, again, I don't know what's specifically in his contract or not, but I feel like, I mean, I have a little bit of hope that maybe Justin Glaze could be on the next season of Perfect Match with Marshall Glaze. They've been making all these parasocial plays together. They're cousins. I mean, they're. uh, I would just, I want to see them together on my screen, but again, I don't know if that is against something in that contract that he signed that can be very restrictive. I agree. And I think we've we've seen kind of moments like this in the past where other networks or other streaming services are coming out with their own reality dating formats, but nothing has really ever taken hold like Love is Blind has. Right. Like as we've talked about on this very show, I believe Love is Blind is culturally more significant now than uh, Bachelor. In terms of a a franchise. So if any of these other streaming services can start to do that, it's going to be a very interesting world with all of these different things happening. But up to this point, really, Bachelor has been kind of the only game in town or the biggest game in town. And so now we're seeing um, not only is it going to be Bachelor's, one of Bachelor's biggest pieces of the franchise, Bachelor in Paradise, they're now launching this new one with the Golden Bachelor that is going to be airing at the same time. And what's interesting is with The Golden Bachelor, this is the first time in a while that I personally have seen so many members, fallen members of Bachelor Nation like Rachel Lindsay um, and other people who are, are who have said, I'm going to watch this. I'm very interested. I'm very curious. And to pit that against like what is their best performing show out of their three shows, I, I mean... Well, Paradise isn't their best performing show. Bachelor still is. It is? The Bachelor. Yeah. Well, it seems like whenever, like, anybody talks to me about Bachelor, people nowadays are like, I only care about Paradise. The only reason I watch Hmm. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette is for Paradise. Rating-wise, still Bachelor gets the highest ratings, and then Paradise and and Bachelorette are kind of like... Really? Vying for second place always. What do you think the Golden Bachelor ratings will be? And do you think... With the new later time slot for charity season, mm. does that mean like the Bachelor in Paradise is going to be at like eight, nine central and then the Golden Bachelor after or they'll just do it on separate days? I I don't I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I think they're going to probably do Golden Bachelor still Monday nights and maybe Bachelor in Paradise Tuesdays. I mean, do you remember there was a season not that long ago that had. Uh, Paradise and Bachelorette overlapped. Right. Where they were doing like Bachelorette on Monday nights and Paradise on Tuesdays. I could see something happening like that. But yeah, I do think that the Golden Bachelor is going to have huge ratings in the beginning just out of curiosity because it's something that has been 
talked about for so many years at this point, like three years ish. They've been uh, even I mean, Mike Fleiss has been kind of teasing it again. He teases. He used to tease everything like that. W- things that wouldn't even happen. He would just be teasing about it was so unnecessary. But specifically, the senior bachelor senior bachelor is something he tweeted about so many times like over way more than three years at this point like it's always been in his head and the fact that it's like finally coming to fruition and he's not at the helm anymore is very interesting yeah no i totally agree and i don't know i mean i'm curious about who they cast as the senior bachelor from my understanding this is literally going to be the bachelor format with people who are over 60 as the bachelor and as the entire player pool so who is that guy? Is this a person who is... There, there's something in the regular Bachelor with like younger people that they don't have their lives exactly established yet. You know, They don't necessarily have their careers on track. Maybe they're still aspirational about, about what they want to do. Some of them do, for sure. Some of them, their literal job title is twin. That's how they don't have it <laughs> yeah. together. That's how much they don't have it together. Exactly. Like the dude that is going to be the bachelor of this, I feel like has to be more established than that. Has to have at least had a shot at a career or potentially has one or maybe has started a business of some kind. Something like that, I feel like, is probably where they're going to... An Alex Michelle type. Honestly, he was like not known, but he was very like uh, went to some great schools, was doing good in his career. Um, I think the way that they uh, did those promo commercials for casting for the Golden Bachelor, there were so many of them. I even have uh, a friend of a friend whose dad was contacted to be on the season, you know, months ago. And uh, I have a feeling that there's probably a guy out there that was like nominated by his like daughter or something. And he's just like, he probably is, no idea what The Bachelor is. He doesn't know how it works and just got roped into this thing and he might disappear just like Alex Michelle after the season is done and never be seen again. Maybe. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe it's Opto 2023 talking here. But I do think that there are going to be massive social media stars made out of that show. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't okay. know if they're you know, looking to be influencers as much as like the younger generation is, but I think it's going to happen. No, I think it'll just be like thrust upon them. Like people are going to love certain characters so much that, you know, whatever social media they do have that they probably, I don't know how much, you know, they use it. Like, I think it's going to be something that it's just going to happen and it's going to be their new career. I think so too. We'll see. But I also am curious about, again, this tidal wave, the volume of material that we are now going to get in September. Are you nervous? Because, I mean, you already do, like, so much. And now it's going to... What you do is going to rise in volume significantly in September. Yeah, I'm down with that. I always like pushing myself to the limits and breaking through them and setting new limits. How much can I possibly do? Have you ever felt... Honest, honest here have you ever like felt like nervous about something like ever Mm, probably when i was younger but somewhere in my mid-20s i think my uh i would call it optimistic nihilism took hold and i was just kind of like the worst case scenario in any scenario that doesn't fucking matter 
it might as well be the best case. If you fall on your face doing something, it just doesn't fucking matter. I just wish I could, uh, like, I've heard this, uh, what do you call this, optimistic nihilism from you before, yeah. and you don't even understand how bad my anxious ass wants to just have a day where my brain thinks like yours, just to be like, not, I mean, you're not nervous. You're about to have an even bigger, uh, like, you're about to have even more projects on your plate. This tidal wave is coming. You have 80 other podcasts and you're just like, nah, I'm chill. What's up? I'm like, yeah. huh? Worst case scenario is also the best case scenario. That's the way I look at it. Because in the end, not that this is on topic with state of the game, and I will get back to the tidal wave in a moment. But in the end, if we do not leave this planet as a species, all human endeavors are turned to ash as our sun expands and destroys our entire population and every everything we've ever done. Okay, so then why try it all? Why try it all? Why aren't you just laying on the couch doing nothing if everything's going to turn to ash? Because there are things that I personally find fun and enjoy, so I indulge in those. Hey, man, those things that you find personally fun, they're going to be ash. Exactly. But right now I get to indulge in them. And so the outcome of whatever I do in those indulgences is meaningless in the grand scope. Do you want to be remembered? No one will be. That's what I'm saying. We all get turned to ash unless we get off this planet. Uh, at any rate, let me get back on track here a little bit. The tidal wave. Are we going to get to a point with reality dating television formats where there is never an off season and there are constantly always prime shows that must be watched to understand the the arena of this as a game, to understand what it means in terms of media culture? Is it going to get to a point where there is always a Bachelor, Love is Blind, and two other main tentpole shows from other networks going simultaneously. I I think so. And especially with, you know, the mm -hmm. current WGA strike. And it also depends on if uh, when the SAG contract ends in June, I think you said whether they decide to go on strike or not will also impact this. But like right now, while yes, there is some like work that you said the studios can do for a little while, but it, we're getting to the point where the only thing they're going to be mm. able to produce is reality TV if this goes on. Well, supposedly, the the rumors are this, in terms of the strike, that the studios and networks have stockpiled scripted material, like bought scripts, developed scripts, that can last them six months. So they have stuff for six months to produce without needing to pay a writer to do it, because they already have writers who have written these these things, TV shows, movies, what have you. The word on the street is a lot of these streaming uh, services and Netflix specifically, which is the biggest person or the biggest entity in this current bargaining situation, they all went out very quickly and tried to snap up uh, creators, big creators like Shonda Rhimes and Greg Berlanti and stuff. And they paid them insane amounts of money to get them in overall deals, meaning like Netflix had an overall with Shonda Rhimes, meaning she would produce shows exclusively for Netflix for a certain amount of time, and they give her an amount of money to do that. And that money is astronomical, hundreds of millions of dollars. So Netflix and all the other streaming services, but mainly Netflix, is starting to realize that it wasn't worth those deals. The money they're paying them is not seeing the return. Oh, really? And in those deals, there are clauses that say if the writer for any reason uh, fails to render services for a certain amount of time, the deal is dissolved. And they don't have to pay the money anymore. But that's so, only in those situations like the the Shonda Rhimes where they, again, acquire these big creators. Uh, right. 
Okay. Well, no, it's with any deal. I mean, it, it depends on what de- what's in your uh, contract, you know. Oh, but there okay. are smaller writers who have like a uh, what's called like blind deals with a studio, which is usually just like for a year. It's like we're gonna go into a deal with you to develop something with you, and if you sell it, great, and we'll be on board as the the studio or the network or the production company, whatever. But overall deals mean they are paying you a salary. You are developing with them exclusively and you also get money for producing whatever you're producing but that the overall deal essentially is like a salary that keeps you there at that place you're working only for them so the word on the street is um or the theory i should say is that netflix and these streaming services want to dissolve these deals because they turned out not to be as lucrative as they thought they were going to be and so if they can extend the strike by really not negotiating at all with the writers guild to a certain amount of time, which I believe is three months or six months. I forget exactly what it is, but if they can extend the strike that long, the writers will be uh, obviously not rendering their services for that amount of time and the deals dissolve. So they basically get out of it. And again, this is just a rumor. Yeah, it's a theory, a rumor, what have you. Um, It's not that I don't believe, I just wanted to clarify. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like, you know, (laughs) what I've heard on the street. At any rate, uh, (laughs) yes, I'm a 90s, a 90s gangster, a, a, a 30s gangster. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that there's truth in that or not. But certainly the writer's strike is going to have some effect on if it goes long enough that the studios and networks run out of pre-written scripted material to produce. They, of course, have to put something on their streaming services. They have to put something on their airwaves. And yes, that can be reality. Again, um, you know Adam ruins everything, Adam Conover? Yeah. He's kind of like... Um, he's at Netflix down at the headquarters every day with the strike members. He's doing a lot of organizing. He's always done mm-hmm. stuff like this. Um, he was on uh, one of my favorite podcasts, podcast, but outside and on it, he, they did talk a little bit about how in the last strike in, uh, that was 08, right? Uh, I think it was 2007. Okay. The, just the last one that because yeah. of that strike, came all of these very like uh i think one example he used was like you had reality shows about honey boo boo who again came yeah. from an, a toddlers and tiaras like you had all of these spinoffs that came because of that strike and so that's where my head is at is like however long this goes i feel like we're gonna get like i mean again a tidal wave of content because nothing else can be made and that was proven by the last strike yeah, I'm not sure that this is at that point yet. Oh, no, but I no. agree with you. In in the next couple of months, if the strike is still happening, you definitely are going to start seeing reality shows getting greenlit in greater number. And if something pops off, if a hit show comes out of that, it'll be around forever. Yeah. Or as, as long as it gets, you know, ratings or viewers, depending on if it's streaming or network. But yeah, I, I'm, I think there, this tidal wave is just kind of a, uh, It's a little bit of a precursor, a harbinger of things to come. I think in the next five years, three to five years, as I like to say, you you are going to see a massive amount of reality shows, some of them being as big as The Bachelor or Love is Blind in the reality dating format. And I think we're going to have to cover them all. And I kind of am looking forward to it because I think that they're like good for each other. I think when you see a Love is Blind emerge and it's like oh fuck look at all these amazing things that show's doing right certainly it has its own problems yeah and it's doing a lot of things look wrong and the treatment of the players is bad just like bachelor 
but they're doing these things right like setting it in the same city the look of it is more contemporary uh letting the players use their cell phones during the course of the show they're doing things that are more contemporary yep. and bachelor is feeling that yes. i mean internally they're having conversations on the production level of bachelor saying we need to be more like love is blind that's yes. happening now and i think without that it's it's like healthy competition i suppose i agree but, I totally but really it's about um evolving the genre it's about somebody else saying like, here's a new way to do reality dating right. format. Here's another way. Here's another way. And they all have various game components that are based on each other, et cetera, et cetera, which is what I like about uh, covering them. But I do like seeing more of them, um, especially if they're good, especially if they're like furthering the genre. Yeah. Like Farmer Wants a Wife, I don't feel furthers the genre. Um, what was it? Joe Millionaire. Yeah. That, like, the the uh, it, it literally is a show from 20 years ago. Right. It's not really furthering the genre. Love is Blind is doing shit that is groundbreaking, that is forcing change in the genre, which I think yep. is good. At any rate, that's where we are with the state of the game. We've got this uh, September is is coming. It's going to be here before we know it. I know we still have Charity Lawson season to get through, which is starting in a, about a month. Yeah. But um, I think come September, it is going to be crazy. And it's not crazy in a way that it used to be with Bachelor, where it was like, you've got two bachelorette seasons in the same year and a paradise and all the stuff. I think it's going to be drastically different because golden bachelor is something we've literally never seen before and been yeah. all been waiting for, for so long. Love is blind season five. There's so much riding on that season. Season four was such a huge success, but it ended in disaster with that horrible live reunion oh. <laughs> that didn't work. And so now everybody's going to be very curious about, well, shit, what is season five going to be like? Are they even going to address season four? Oh, they're going to want to see Dark Lord Vanessa yes. Lachey more than ever. They want to see what she's going to do in season, you know, at the reunion, everything. Exactly. All eyes on her. You also have Bachelor in Paradise season nine, which is going to be the first official Bachelor product produced post Mike Fleiss. And so we're going to have to see, is that going to be any different, any better, any worse? I don't know. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming. Well, if Louie's in charge, we're going to get, again, <laughs> Wells in a in a Sally wig, uh, pretending to, I don't even know. Like I know. I mean, that that really is the, the bottom line of it, is you still had the same dude really at the helm of Paradise who engineered all of the worst shit we've ever seen in Paradise. He's trying so hard to be like Elon Gale because Elon's thing, he, he Elon talked about this a while ago. I don't remember if it was like an interview that I listened to, but it was before I even worked at Gore. His When he made Bachelor in Paradise, because it is his brainchild, um, one of the fun kooky things that he put in there were the little scenes where like Claire yeah. was talking to the crab or the raccoon or whatever. And, and again, it, it was, it, again, I don't find that stuff personally mm -hmm. very funny, but it's cute. It's light in between moments. What they did is literally they're like, let's try to be like Elon. And then they just took a big old shit on it. And it's like, what? what even are you doing like he only had those moments in paradise for like a few seconds well, we'll see. like we'll ugh, see maybe it'll be different maybe it'll be better um can't be any worse than last season i think season eight was maybe the worst season of bachelor in paradise in yeah. the history of the show split week at the estates what a, it just rolls off the tongue <laughs> exactly Gosh. yeah and the rodney matthews uh exit group <laughs> nervous breakdown but uh anyway <laughs> 
that's the state of the game. And now let's move on to another portion of our program in which we talk about some of the movements of our favorite players on their social media platforms. This is... This Week in Games. Now, we're not talking about Bachelor this week. We're not even talking about Love is Blind. We are talking about the brand new reality dating format on Netflix, The Ultimatum Queer Love. This is, as you heard up top, Dark Seeker reminded me, it's the second season of this show, The Ultimatum. Right. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this show is, if you haven't watched it at all, I had not, and I was only loosely aware of the premise. The premise is... And by the way, it's very evident when you watch the first Clues <laughs> Corner. I think Clues asks an average of 8,902 questions in the first, like, five minutes. <laughs> um, well, I had to get my facts straight, <laughs> yep. and I now have them straight. Mm-hmm. The premise of the show Good. is multiple <laughs> couples arrive at some kind of resort-ish location. Uh, and all of these couples have one member that wants to get married immediately and one member who is still not ready for marriage. And so the person who wants to get married immediately issues an ultimatum to them in the course of this program. You right. will either marry me or we break up. And they make it very clear that anybody on this show has three options at the end of the show. You can get married to the person, you can break up with the person, or you can form a relationship with somebody else who's there and leave with them. And so that's what happens in the first episode. All of these couples are made to, in quotes, break up. They are now exes. Then they begin to go on dates with all of the other people there. And eventually they find one person with whom they pair off and they go live with that person for three weeks. They do a trial marriage is what they call it, is the next like phase where for three weeks they're acting like they're in a marriage with this new person. And then you you see if the relationship with the old ex can withstand or what is going to wind up happening. And so in this season, this is again season two, it's called Queer Love. And we have five couples, Sam and Ozzy, uh, and I just want to go through their Instagram numbers. This is starting. This the show came out on Wednesday. It premiered. So by the time uh, we are recording this on Thursday, it's been out for about 24 hours. And this is where the Instagram numbers are. Uh, the and and these couples that I'm going through are the initial couples that came in together. They are now broken up technically and with other people. You have Sam and Ozzy. Uh, Sam has 653. Instagram followers, and Ozzy has 519. This is by far the lowest of all couples. You then have Xander and Vanessa, and Vanessa is like a pure chaos whirlwind player, a pleasure to watch face play off the fucking charts. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, don't forget about that amazing face play. I, I don't know that I've seen face play at a volume and quality of this level ever. Um at any rate, Xander has 3,974 wow. followers. Vanessa has 1,690. You then have Tiff and Mildred. And Tiff has 5,434 followers. Mildred has 2,250. You have Yoli and Maul. Yoli has 2,984. Maul has 6,981. And then your final couple is Ray and Lexi. Ray has 4,193. And Lexi has... 573,000 Instagram followers. Lexi is a legit influencer. Um, absolutely unbelievable. And they've done something in this in this series, by the way, which was very interesting. And you can watch this all on our Patreon. We're watching these episodes on Patreon. You can watch along with us and we break them down. Pace Case and I did the first three. We're zooming into face plays and stuff. But Lexi is a legit influencer. And they cut 
a scene where Vanessa is very clearly uh, impersonating Lexi, saying, "I'm I'm an Instagram influencer." Ba 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 ba. That she was. In, I thought she was talking like, "Oh, you can make." Uh, you can become an influencer. I didn't realize she was mocking her. Yeah, she's like, I'm an influencer and I make money on Instagram. Vanessa has 1,690 followers. She is not an influencer. But she had just gone on a date with Lexi and Lexi is now... Uh, she's essentially a person. But they cut it to make it look like Vanessa is openly saying I'm an Instagram influencer and making that look like a bad thing. So they're doing very similar tactics to uh, Bachelor on this show. Anyway, and then the host is Joanna Garcia Swisher. She has 562,000. So Lexi has even more than the host. Now, again, we're just going to be covering this over the, I believe within three weeks, the entire series will be dropped. Yeah. Same kind of timeline as Love is Blind, how they drop the episodes. So we're going to be watching this, keeping a close eye on it and seeing if this show, The Ultimatum, has the same kind of legs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a kinetic content show. It looks like it is. Feels very kinetic in terms of its production value. But um, we'll see if they've got a hit on their hands or not. Again, this is the second season of this. It took, I would argue, Love is Blind. I mean, it was a hit show right off the bat, but it took, I think, until season four to reach the level where it no. overtook Bachelor in terms of cultural relevance. I don't think Ultimatum is there yet. But again, this is a queer season. Um, fascinating that this is season two of this show and they're already doing something like this. So we'll see where it goes. And it's coming out right along with, you know, June being Pride Month. I think that's going to also boost its popularity as well. Hopefully. And they do have some standout players. Lexi and Vanessa, oh, yeah. specifically, superstars. Highly recommend watching okay. it. But that's where we stand with the gains this week. Now let's move on to that portion of our program in which we talk about all those luscious tips. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims clues it is springtime it is the off season it mm. is gore girl summer the weather's getting warmer thank you dark lord palmer and it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. 
It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, the new promo for Charity Lawson's upcoming season 20 of The Bachelorette has dropped, and it's actually incredible. The 30-second video set to Mariah Carey's 1995 hit Fantasy opens with Lawson confidently walking toward a golden gate laden with rose vines growing through its bars. She pushes the gate open, walking toward an unknown destination, taking a brief second to pause and look at a tree on her path. She smiles as she sees a heart carved into the tree with the words charity plus question mark directly in the center. Roses bloom as she strides down the path and golden letters appear on screen that read June 26th. Her reign begins. Finally, she ascends a small pedestal on which she sits a golden throne with giant roses blooming all around it. She picks up a rose, waiting for her on the seat, smells as she sits down and assumes her role as the next queen of Bachelor Nation. This is what a promo should be. It still gives us absolutely no idea about who Charity Lawson is as a person, but it rightfully elevates her to the status of royalty within the nation and presents her as the star of the show on a literal pedestal. 
The new video promo stands in stark contrast to the still image print promo the show released for this season a few weeks ago, which presented Lawson as an unwitting victim of a trash compactor-like set of two rose walls that seemed poised to crush the new Bachelorette in their unforgiving jaws. We thank the marketing and promotion team for this uncharacteristically good-at-job video. And we can't wait to see what they've got in store as we get closer to the premiere of Bachelorette Season 20 on June 26th. I was really, like, uh, surprised by this, I have to say. It was very well done. Uh, And a lot of, yeah, a lot of people message and they're like, they're listening to you, Clues. They're listening to your, you know, advises. Yeah, possibly. I mean, this whole thing also, interestingly, um, is, like, green screened. None of the set is there except for the gold chair all these giant roses are blooming there's a lot of like effectsy kind of Mm -hmm. or like i should say after effects style things going on in this so it did take some work it did take some um some thought like this had to be described to whoever was doing the graphics i don't know who was doing that but i loved it i literally loved it i still don't think it's as strong as in my mind the hannah brown promo will always stand out as like the the pinnacle but um, this is in that area. It is, it's giving like fantasy fairy tale kind of feeling. You know what I mean? It's yes. It it it's giving gadge. Good at job. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next, Bachelor Nation news. Riding the wave of media coverage that has recently come from her appearance on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, Martha Stewart told Variety that she would consider being cast on the upcoming Golden Bachelor if she would be allowed to see the men first. Well, it seems like this might have been a playful joke on Stewart's part. It does bring up the question that has always lingered in the nation. When will an official Bachelor show have a celebrity as the lead? The closest they've come is arguably Charlie O'Connell, the brother of actor Jerry O'Connell, way back in season seven, or perhaps the current host of the franchise, Jesse Palmer, when he was a backup NFL quarterback, Back in season five. With dwindling ratings and a rapidly changing reality dating landscape, with new shows like Love is Blind wrestling the top spot away from the Bachelor franchise, it seems to us that taking a celebrity up on an offer like this would be a good move on the part of the Bachelor producers. Will they do it? Probably not. I mean, she wasn't serious when she said this, right? It was just kind of an offhand comment. I mean, I guess, but everybody was talking about it and everybody was like, come on, do it. Who knows? I feel like every once in a while a celebrity says something like this, like, I'd be the bachelor, I'd be the bachelorette. And it's like, it never fucking happens. It's just some bullshit. Yeah, that's... In my opinion. That is true. And and that's... No, you're right. I've I've seen that a lot of like, uh, oh, who is it? Leighton Meester, who is a big bachelor fan. Again, she didn't mm-hmm. want to be the lead, but... I remember in some interviews, the way that the interviewer would pose the question is like, well, would you ever say yes to, you know, uh, being on the show? And they do that with a lot of celebrities, I feel like. Like, yeah. I just want them to do this so badly to get like a legit celebrity as one of the leads. And Martha's so funny, dude. Like, I know she'd be be great. Yes. She'd be great. It's not going to happen, though. Let's move on. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, the man who beat Nick Vial to take the ring back on Caitlin Bristow's Bachelorette season 11, Nashville slider Sean Booth launched his brand new podcast this week. The first episode of In the Booth dropped Monday and featured Sean discussing his time on the show briefly, 
fitness, dating in Nashville, being an ass man, and a variety of other topics with his co-host, local Nashville comedian, Sammy Shea. Some highlight clips from the first episode are available uh, as reels on Booth's IG main grid, one of which has 112K views. While it's still uncertain what the future holds for In the Booth, we welcome Sean to the nation's growing podcast arena and we wish him luck as we anxiously await a full discussion about his decision to only refer to Nick Vial as, in quotes, the other guy during the late phases of his championship season. I have to say, when today I've listened to the episode because I, I need to, you know, I at least have to listen to the first episode of, of these new podcasts that are coming out. And... Today, Clues got his first taste of this podcast, and I got to watch his excited, gleeful facial expression. He came alive when he heard this man's new podcast. I've never seen anything like it. Um, that's partly accurate. I was just listening to these <laughs> the clip cutdowns that he has on his Instagram. I don't know. Look. Yes. I don't want to cast judgment. I know podcasts are hard as fuck to make. Um, First episodes are notoriously difficult because you're trying to set a tone for what your entire podcast will be, especially something like this, where he's got already an Instagram following. He has some importance within the nation still, I feel like. For a sure. lot of eyes were on this first episode. I think this was like his, probably his biggest yeah. uh, episode, you know, because it's like people will tune in and be curious about it. No, you know what? You're right. I actually, I do need to look at it through that lens because again, I don't think there's been any podcast that their first episode was just like a banger right off the bat. Dark Lord Harrison. Oh, you're I'm so sorry. You're actually right. Sorry. I take it back. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. Oh, such a good. Uh, no, I, I just yeah. think it's difficult to do. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know who his co-host is. I think it's just a friend of his. Um, and I don't know exactly what the podcast is really even going to be about. It just seems like somebody who wanted to do a podcast and is like, fuck it, let's just start talking. Uh, again, I listened to the whole thing and I couldn't tell you what it's about. So, Well, hopefully, uh, if you're listening, Sean Booth, yes, start talking about Nick Vial. Start talking about Caitlin Bristow. That's going to get people to listen to the fuck out of your show. I have a feeling he is, again, I don't think he'll say her name, but, you know. I've heard Caitlin make some some shots at Sean over the years on podcasts. And yeah. I don't know why, but I have a feeling that um, he's I don't know when it's going to be, but he's definitely going to going to make some comments. I just have a, a feeling. Yeah, I think for what it's worth, staying away from Bachelor Nation and not talking about Bachelor Nation is a huge mistake for Sean Booth. Anybody who comes from the game. I mean, he's still got 800 and some uh, thousand Instagram followers, right? He's still got a pretty big number. And all of that is from Bachelor, like all of it. Give your audience exactly why they're there, why they are your audience in the first place. Talk about The Bachelor. Talk about your experiences. It's why I commend Ashley and Jared so much for their cafe. Because again, when I went there, it was a whole experience. It wasn't just going to a cafe and meeting grocery store in Serena. That was like part of it. The other part was like the bachelor memorabilia on the walls, like the fact that Ashley and Jared are always there. You know, it just had this thing that they embraced where they came from and they have this thriving restaurant now. And like, mm. I just do not understand people who come from the bachelor and just try to, 
you know, push themselves away. I'm like, why? Like, just. I agree. Embrace it. Yes. It's like you go on the show, whether you want the platform or not, you come away with the platform from the experience. And the platform is a very specific platform. It's people who love this show. It's people who want to keep following you. At this point, how long has he been off the season? His season was season 11, Bachelorette season 11. It's probably like eight years, seven, eight years ago. And these people are still with you because of that. Talk about that. Talk about how it's affected your life now. Have Bachelor people on. Don't shun the nation. Embrace the nation. Sean Booth, embrace the nation and you could have a, a big podcast here. And you don't even have to necessarily do recaps, which he talks about. He's like, I'm not going to be a Bachelor recap podcast. Okay, at least talk about it. You know, talk about your experiences, stuff like that. Um, now for our next piece of Bachelor Nation news, I just wanted to do something a little experimental. As you know, we are constantly scouring the internet to find these news pieces, the big uh, yeah. stories, the things that are really rocking the nation. <laughs> and I found one today that was on <laughs> BachelorNation.com. This is the official... I'm going to just uh, tell you right now, the official Bachelor Nation <laughs> yes. uh, website, I guess. By the producers of it's it's the uh, by the producers of The Bachelor. Yeah, their their <laughs> slogan is the official website from the producers of The Bachelor franchise. That is literally written on the website. This is from May 16th, 2023. I'm going to read it as written. I'm going to change no words. And this is breaking news, correct? This is under the travel section. Okay. Headline, Victoria Fuller and Greg Grippo enjoy off-the-grid vacation, quote, a good reset to love on one another, end quote. It's a picture of Greg Grippo and Victoria Fuller kissing at Disneyland. This is, again, an off-the-grid vacation. They're at fucking Disneyland. <laughs> I didn't realize Orlando was off the grid. It reads... Love is in the air. Bachelor Nation fans saw Greg Grippo and Victoria Fuller make their first official appearance as a couple at last year's Bachelor in Paradise season finale. Now, the two have been traveling the world together and have been everywhere from Italy to France <laughs> to Los Angeles and many more places in between their homes in Nashville and New York City. This past week, the couple visited two of the happiest places on Earth, a.k.a. Disney World and Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Alongside photos and videos from their trip, Victoria wrote... Disney adults with the hot dog, beer, and heart emojis. The Bachelor Nation star also took to her stories to share that she and Greg enjoyed being present and off their phones for the majority of their trip. Victoria said, quote, took some time off from Insta to just enjoy life a little, but we're back, baby. I'm about to post a photo dump on stories with everything we've been doing. Missed y'all. She continued on saying, quote, sometimes being on socials is a lot and you forget to just enjoy one another. Both of our jobs require us to be on our phones a lot, but we decided we just wanted to enjoy the experience and truly be on vacation. We go a lot of places, but we're still <laughs> constantly working. Florida was a good reset to love on one another and be present, end quote. How sweet. Many of Victoria and Greg's fellow Bachelor Nation stars showed these two love on their post. Chris and Whitney commented that these two are, quote, a literal Disney princess and prince. We couldn't agree more. We love Victoria and Greg's love and can't get enough of these two traveling the world together. I just want to give a big shout out to BachelorNation.com for doing the investigative journalism that Gore could never. That was one of the most amazing Piece. I couldn't have written that. You couldn't have written that. It's also interesting. Like, it's not a story, obviously. And it's it's wrong. Like, an off-the-grid journey. It's not off-the-grid. They're at fucking Disney World. They're taking pictures and posting them to Instagram. So, I don't even know what the headline means. But 
The bottom line to me is this. These are villains. Both of them were massive villains. They were even touted as a villain couple. The yep. show got pissed about her dating Greg Grippo, going to Italy with him uh, as her season of Paradise. Her last season of Paradise was airing. Season 8. Now, they're on the fucking front page of the official BachelorNation.com website being like, look at these two lovebirds on their off-the-grid vacation. It's fucking crazy to me. I do have an interesting little tid. So Please. I put together like the links for Chad and Lizzie to look over for Twibbin every week. And part of that involves me setting up a bunch of different Google alerts, like, you know, big names in Bachelor Nation, The Bachelor, all that. And I do always get results from this website, Bachelor Nation. And so over like the past two years, I've seen um, they had, I believe the, the first one that comes to mind, they've had bigger villains is... They had they did an interview with Anna Redman um, after she got that horrible villain edit, and uh, it, it was like this very surface level interview. It looked like it lasted like two minutes. The questions were so they were like, "What's your favorite thing to make at home for dinner?" And it was like I feel I have a feeling that these are the casting producers that maybe. Yeah. Some of the players are closer with or I, I just don't I do not understand this website. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's doing these stories. It, yes. It's like Us Weekly and people are one thing, but they usually their stuff is like fluff yes. pieces for sure. But it does have information in it. Like if somebody gets yeah. married, they'll tell you when the date was, where they got married, how they met. Like they actually do have some reporting in their shit. BachelorNation.com is it's a weird place. I recommend you going there if you've never been. Go there and check it out because this is how the show is like presenting itself. Basically, it's it's a very strange thing. Anyway, I just thought that would be a fun little experiment. And uh, again, if you've never been to BachelorNation.com, you should check it out. You should at least go there once and just kind of poke around, see what you can find. And you know what? Take an off the grid vacation to yeah. Disney World. I think anybody who's listening, this is your yeah. sign. Really get off the grid. Get off the grid. Go to the happiest place on earth. Buy a $500 ticket. Um, anyway, finally in Bachelor Nation News, a big happy 24th birthday to New York Influences Kit Keenan on May 20th. She turned 24. Happy birthday, Kit. And now uh, let's move on to that portion of our program where we discuss all the plays our favorite players are making off the field and on that grid. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, Charity Lawson claps back at the haters in a TikTok to the sound, I'm going to rock your world, then rock it with POV when girl putting her hand <laughs> to her side very flamboyantly emoji four times, keep commenting, threatening to not watch my season written on the screen with the caption, a win is a win, rose emoji, hashtag the bachelor, hashtag the bachelorette, hashtag bachelor nation. The TikTok has 65.6K likes and 389K Who's views. Who's threatening not to watch for season? Is this happening? I've seen it. again, Dude, it was even happening on our post of like, and again, Charity comment, she follows uh -huh. us. Like she likes our posts and you know, I don't know if they're from the pit or not, or they're from yeah. somewhere else. But when I posted the promo, people were like, this looks weird. I'm not watching. And I'm just like, okay. 
Well, we're definitely going to be watching it. I'm super curious about this season. Hell yeah. So it's positioned in this weird, like shit is changing, but not quite changed all the way yet with Fleiss being gone. It's coming out at a different Mm -hmm. time. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a fascinating season. I think there's going to be so much information in it in terms of like where we're headed as a franchise. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, The dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. 
And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. I just can't wait. Absolutely. I cannot wait for it. Um, moving on. Bachelor season 12 and Bachelor Pad season two winner Holly Julian made a TikTok with newcomer season 27's Davia Esser, where Holly mouths, it's okay. And Davia responds with, it's not, with the words, venting to the person who sent you on The Bachelor because you're more single now than when you started on the screen with the caption, forever thankful for my girl, Holly Julian, hashtag The Bachelor, hashtag Bachelor Pad, hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. We love to see players from the early days teaming up with the rookies. This is the legacy. This is what the show yep. should trying to be uh, generating on its own, or at least helping these players get together with each other. You want to talk about BachelorNation.com? There should be a Bachelor Nation group <laughs> of former players that any incoming player can reach out to and just say, hey, Need some yes. help with what's going on this season, whatever. Make those friendships, make those fucking bonds. It's what you love to see. You see it in any other sport. And also you have like there are the two. I know there's a bachelorette group chat with all the bachelorettes, but that's a very, very small group of people. They need to be again. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that amazing TikTok that Ashley Iconetti made with uh, Jen Parisi and Jill Chin during the airing of Bachelor in Paradise where they came into uh, their restaurant and it was like the dramatic one, the one that always cries, the nervous one. And it was just like, oh my gosh, to see, you know, this uh, amazing player, Ashley, like being a mentor, showing Bachelor Nation how it's done. And this was in the middle of them airing all that stupid stuff about Ashley and Jared. And then Ashley was like, no, I'm going to take the narrative. I'm going to change this to make good content with the players on my damn iPhone. Mm -hmm. Like, love it. The door is wide open for somebody like an Andrew Firestone who has unlimited wealth to come in and establish this organization on his own and just have it exist. But we'll see. We'll see if that ever does. And, you know, he was just in Santa Barbara with Chris Harrison, Katie Bigger, Zach Shellcross, Gabby, Wendy, Rachel, all those people. He was there. I saw that. Yeah. Bachelor 25 FIMP recipient Abigail Herringer has started a new mini series on her Instagram called Hear Me Out, where she gets ready while talking all about things, hearing loss and cochlear implants. In her most recent episode, she answered the question, can she differentiate people's voices with a cochlear implant? While everyone has a different experience, Abigail explained she can indeed differentiate people's voices with her cochlear implant. I I love this play. I love that, you know, she is teaching people who, you know, are, again, I bet the majority of her audience are people who 
are not in the deaf community or cochlear implant community. Um, and I love that she is making it fun. Like she's doing her makeup sure. and she's only answering one question. It's very like, I, I love it. I love what she does. I agree with you. These are all great plays, but there can be only one winner. And the parasocial play of the week this week goes to shy style King Gregory Grippo. Grippo announced in a video posted to his Instagram that on June 6th in New York city, he is hosting a charity event with the every town for gun safety. Grippo has been more outspoken about his beliefs on gun reform in the United States since the Covenant school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee earlier this year. We applaud Grippo for using his platform to team up with a reputable organization and take action. Condor the Catman B from his season of The Bachelorette will also be there singing along with his girlfriend, excuse you what, Victoria Fuller. We hope the event goes swimmingly. And congratulations, Greg Grippo. Um, it is always interesting to see any player taking some kind of step toward political action, social change, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I, especially in bachelor nation, bachelor nation has always leaned more right. And I, I'm, I'm proud of Greg. I'm very, you know, I got to meet him. Um, when I first started working at Gore, him and Andrew, and they they both took copies of How to Win the Bachelor and were very excited about it. Greg had to be more secretive at the time because they thought he might be the Bachelor. But like, this really was like, hell yeah, this is cool. I love that he's speaking out about this and that he's speaking out to an audience that is probably more right leaning. And you know, yeah, just uh, go, Greg. Yeah, congrats, Greg. Uh, moving on. To those non-humans within the nation, this week we have two entries into the Parasocial Creature of the Week category. Katie Thurston's cat, Tommy, of course, ever-present in this category, has given up fighting back against her nail-clipping attempts and now just lounges in his mother's lap while she films him. Very, very cute videos over on Katie Thurston's Instagram. Go check those out. But the winner this week is Gore Girl, Chelsea Vaughn. She found a new love in Bachelor in Paradise, Canada in the form of a cute unnamed camel who she's hanging out with in a main grid Instagram post that has 1,146 likes and 28 comments. Very cute camel. Uh, very fantastic picture with Gore Girl, Chelsea Vaughn. And now... Let's move on to that final portion of This Week in Bachelor Nation, where Dark Seeker and I are going to descend deep into the darkest caverns of our beloved pit and issue forth our screams. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream this week has to do with dating. Um, I am painfully single, uh, and so I recently have felt, you know what, I'm just, because uh, I go in phases of like, I download the dating apps, I delete them, you know, it's it, until you find somebody, that's kind of just how it goes. And I have found myself, because this is my personal belief, and I've talked with you about this a few times, but the male players on The Bachelorette are, they're just not that good. Nobody's going to be as good as the women on The Bachelor. The women players are just far superior, but I do feel like if we found a guy for you to coach, I feel like you could do amazing things with a guy player. I want to see like the different strategies that you could do. I know it would be probably a bit more of a challenge, but like I've always wanted to see that. And I have found myself talking to guys and when I kind of realize if it's either on the actual app or at the date, like, I'm like, oh, this is this is probably not, you know, going to work out. But 
I'm like, okay, this guy's really hot. Like, I start assessing, okay, is he this enough to be on The Bachelor? Is he, the, do you, th- is, does he have the kind of uh, attitude where he would accept being coached by you? I'm basically looking for, before I'm even thinking, like, oh, is this guy, I'm like, hmm, should I connect him with clues or not? Instead of, I don't know, assessing him on his uh, ability to be a boyfriend. Like, huh? I sincerely appreciate that. Um, well, so far, though, you've connected me with no one. So I guess all these guys failed the tests. Absolutely, they failed. And actually, there was one that I thought would be amazing. And when I told him about it, he just, he was just like, he said something like, I think that's really sweet that you thought of me, but I, I don't know about anything like that. It was a very sweet response, but he would have been perfect. Mm. So there was an almost yeah. guy that I almost said. Well, well, I appreciate uh, you using your dark powers to cast a wide net to see if there's some guys that I could coach <laughs> for upcoming seasons of Bachelorette. It just means that the whole dating experience isn't a net loss. Yeah. At least, you know, if I don't find a boyfriend, at least I could find right. somebody that you could coach. A business partner. I sincerely yes. appreciate it. Um, and I think that this is a scream that is, it's part of a broader scream, which is essentially, and it's happened to me and Lizzie, it's happened to probably most people in the pit at least once or twice. You're out in the world doing something that should be completely unrelated to The Bachelor, but it's not. It comes yep. right back to how is this about The Bachelor? Or you see some kind of like piece of language that's used in a conversation that reminds you of The Bachelor, sounds oh. like it came out of The Bachelor. Have that shit all the time. Or we're trading PTCs and I'm like, holy shit, his PTC is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that I'm even calling it in my head a PTC. The the times in my life that I have thought of the phrase STCO in like real world scenarios at this point is insane. It's absolutely fucking crazy. At any rate, uh, my scream this week has to do with a little bit my origin story. As many of you may know, Game of Roses for me started out as an Instagram account called Bachelor Clues, where I was making these demonic, satanic memes of Chris Harrison as the devil sucking players' souls out, et cetera, et cetera. That's how I found you. That's how you found me, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And for Pace Case, it started out doing these uh, recaps that went from like just a fun, light recap <laughs> to like 10,000 word New Yorker articles. And she was like making her own gifts. Yeah. Goddamn. Back in the glory days. At any rate. I still like making memes. And if you've been following me recently, you know that I'm getting into mid-journey and AI meme making and doing memes of like uh, Bachelor players as superheroes, et cetera, et cetera. Well, my scream is this. I now this week uh, have made a series of memes that are in reference to an esoteric piece of nomenclature used on another podcast that is not even Game of Roses. I am so (laughs) deep now into the pit People were DMing me that Van Lathan said on Higher Learning, uh, or Van Lathan called Dark Lord Harrison Soup Kitchen on Higher Learning. He's called him Soup Kitchen for, for a, a while. while now, yeah. Um, and people hit me up or, or said, I think, in the Higher Learning um, Reddit thread that they want to see me doing AI memes of Dark Lord Harrison <laughs> as Soup Kitchen. That was then DM'd to me. I have now made those memes. Those memes are on my main grid. I am now... <laughs> Again, making weird Chris Harrison memes in reference to an esoteric inside joke on a podcast that's not even my own podcast. And it's not even a Bachelor podcast either. Like, uh, they don't... I know it's not, but like Rachel Lindsay co-hosted with Van Lathan. Like it, it's a... Well, 
yeah. I consider it to be a, a podcast within the nation for sure. They talk about Bachelor on there from time to they time. They just don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, he's only allowed 10 minutes every episode and then Rachel cuts it off. But I think that's going to change. She herself has even said she's going to watch Golden Bachelor. So I think they're going to be talking about it a little bit more. But that's my scream uh, for this week. I'm making AI memes of Dark Lord Harrison as Soup Kitchen for other podcasts. They're amazing. And I think Thank everybody you. should go check them out. Uh, tag Van in them because you know what? We need we need more Van God, in our hilarious. life. He is so funny. Um, all right. Well, now let's move on. We've got one more scream for you. If you listen to this program, you may well know that from time to time, every week, in fact, we play a scream from the Game of Roses Discord. If you want to submit your own screams to be played right here in Screams from the Pit, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, sign up, join us on the bottom of the pit. You get access to the Discord. And in that Discord, there's a channel where you can submit your own scream, a one minute or less audio clip. We play the best ones here and analyze them. Today, the clip comes to us from a user named Butterflies48. Here we go. Let's listen to this. Greetings, Pit. For my birthday this year, my boyfriend, who is also a pit dweller, and I took a trip to New York City for the weekend. Somehow, it did not occur to us that we should attempt to recreate Ariel's hometown date while there, despite the trip happening just a few weeks after the end of Zach Shellcrank's season. However, the pit had other plans for us. One night, we decided to get a drink before dinner and picked a random place we found on Google. It was a cocktail bar called Bathtub Gin that described itself as a speakeasy. When we arrived, the outside looked like a coffee shop and we almost missed it. While we were perusing the menu, all of a sudden my boyfriend gasps and says, do you realize where we are? This is the speakeasy bar where Ariel took Zach during her hometown date. We did a bit of Googling and he was right. Of all the bars in New York City, we somehow ended up at the location of Ariel's hometown date completely on accident. The pit truly does provide and use its dark energies to steer us to bathtub gin. Praise be our beloved game. Absolutely brilliant. This is what screams are made of. Sometimes the scream screams you, not the other way around. And this can happen to you. Uh, I've had uh, incidents like this happen a lot where you're just going about your life and then somehow the pit's like, no, motherfucker, I got other plans for you. And it just puts you in line with some kind of weird bachelor shit that you can't even fucking believe is happening. This is so fucking good. Of course, you wound up in the bar that Ariel Frankel took Zach Shawcrank to. Of course you did. You didn't have another choice. The pit fucking designed it for you. Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it's uh, when I saw Ariel's hometown and I saw that bar, I immediately looked it up and I and I started on my Google Maps for like, hey, maybe one day I'll be around in that area. And I got to say, I haven't been to it, but it is kind of hard to find because, like she said, the front, it, it again, it's a speakeasy. So the front is like a coffee shop. It looks like, you know, it doesn't look like a bar. But the way that they they still found it and they found themselves at it out of all of the thousands of bars in New York City, they just happen to be. That's amazing. I agree with you. It reminds me of a time when I was first kind of dipping toe into pit. I would say Pitt wasn't really... <laughs> oh. I think the Pitt has always been there, um, but I wasn't aware of it. I certainly wasn't helping dig it at that point. But okay. I was, you know, Pace Case and I and another friend of ours at the time, we were watching the show on a weekly basis. I had started making some toe memes. Toe in Pitt. Yeah, Toe in Pitt. Um, but I wasn't c 
compulsively doing it. I wasn't taking 2,500 pictures of my TV screen every time I watched The Bachelor. But nonetheless, uh, a friend of mine and I were out eating at the Cheesecake Factory in the Grove Mall. You might have heard of that as well. And they Mm -hmm. have a special little section in this specific Cheesecake Factory that is like a room kind of attached onto the normal Cheesecake Factory. And it has a glass wall that overlooks the lobby of the movie theater there in the Grove. So you can watch people come in, get their tickets, get their popcorn, walk in and out of movies. And uh, we were involved in some kind of conversation roughly about The Bachelor. And I looked down and I saw Robbie Hayes walking through the fucking lobby of that uh, thing. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. And that might have been one of the first times where I had one of those weird coincidental like dark energies of this thing, not even knowing it was really the pit yet, manifesting some shit right there, right in front of my eyes. That that manifestation is really all. I agree. Yeah, that's that's I didn't even know that story. That's that's... the Grove, by the way, is infused at this point with dark energies from the pit. The pit might as well be under the Grove Mm. at this point. All the fucking important (laughs) things that have happened there in the in the world of The Bachelor, not just because that's where we had our our first defunct book signing. But you'll remember Ari Leyendijk had a a group date there uh, in season 22. There used to be a bar there called Mixology that Bachelor players would hang out constantly at that place. Oh, I didn't realize it was at the Grove. Oh, uh, indeed. Well, it used to be. I don't think it's there anymore. But um, at any rate, we thank you very much, Butterflies 48, for this beautiful scream. So glad that you got to have that experience and actually breathe the same air that Shao Crank and uh, Ariel breathed not that long ago. And again, if anybody else wants to submit their screams, you just go to patreon.com slash game roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get on that Discord. Fire off a one-minute or shorter audio clip, and we will play the best ones here. But that wraps it up. That's our twibbin for this week. Pace Case, we hope you're having a great time wherever you are. Dark Seeker, thank you for filling in. Thank you. And yes, uh, we hope you're having a great time, Lizzie. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,000. 731 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Soup Kitchen. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 